Quiet, please. You're listening to Birdies and Bogies, hosted by Jordan Bloxham and Weston Mon, bringing you golf's week in review, recapping your favorite tournaments with professional insight from their perspective. Now, quiet, please. Here's your hosts, Jordan and Weston. Weston, how are you this evening? Doing good. Doing good. pretty good. Yeah, up in your up in your second home again. Yeah. Yep. As, I'm at the lake. As usual. Uh, it's been a while. We took a week off last week. Uh, we did. I don't even remember. Last week was kind of a blur <laughs> for, for me. Had a few things going on. Uh, just starting up our high school golf season. Well, getting yeah. that going, and oh, I don't even remember. Can't don't ask me to remember last last night, let alone last week. Sometimes, yeah. But other than that, was it? Yeah, I don't even remember the days, what what the days was. I think I did after work on, on Monday. I was thinking it was, no, I didn't. Or did I? I can't remember. 24th, uh, our Utah holiday, obviously, was the week before. Um, my guess is you spent the weekend up at the lake. <laughs> or did you work uh, up yeah, there last week? Yeah, it was just- yeah, I, I've been pretty constant. I was up here for that. And then, well, needless to say, not a lot of golfing. Not Just a lot. A lot of family time. That's good. I right, see. So you got to you gotta start mixing those two. Um, <laughs> as I have been of, as of late a little bit, um, went and... Oh, geez. My normal uh, playing men's league a little bit. Um, and then Saturday played in the inaugural Homestead Open <laughs> up at Homestead Golf Course mm-hmm. in <laughs> Midway, Utah. Um, didn't finish off as great as I, I could have, but uh, still ended up making – making a check, which is always, it's always good getting out of there with some money. Um, but yeah, I did that started off, uh, was three under after two <laughs> and there you go. And was, was two under through 12 and, and had a, had a lapse of, uh, judgment laps of something on the 16th hole made double and ended up shooting two over. Oh, but is that like a water hole or is that a hole you can kind of go after? Uh, it's not, it has water that kind of runs. There's a like a little Creek. It's more of a Creek, but a wider okay. Creek with something that runs in front at about probably 180 yards and then up the right hand side. And I hadn't played that course in forever, so I hadn't seen the – if I would have done it, like if I had to go back, 
I would have taken my driving iron instead of my three hybrid, uh, tried to hit a, like a, just a boring three iron and just thinned it <laughs> right, yeah. in, right into the water uh, and then hit it up there. The greens weren't spectacular. The course wasn't in bad shape, but the greens were really mm. kind of wet and, and bumpy. Um, so made double there and then just a couple easy, easy pars, but like I said, making some, making money over the thing. So I ended up making money for the week weekend. So that's always, always good. Uh, and then played some golf in a practice round with my daughter for a tournament that she had that week. And then what did I do this last week? I don't think, Oh, played in a, a parent junior scramble with my son this last Saturday. So definitely mixing family time with with golf, which is nice. There you go. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So other than that, hasn't been too much. Uh, not a ton of golf, just normal, normal stuff. But other than that, I did, I did sneak in nine holes that uh, I did sneak in nine holes, but that wasn't, that wasn't a bad thing. I, I had some time it was in the evening. It's after a rainstorm. I thought, Hey, I can get this in. And I did, I, I actually played through like three groups as a single at Thanksgiving point on the front nine. Um, so it was, it was good out there. It was fun. Nice. Um, yeah, but that was, that was about it. Got me a, a new trigger. So did some smoking this weekend. Tried to, hey. put, tried to put the family in a meeting on Sunday. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm actually putting some pork on the uh, trigger tomorrow morning. So. Nice, 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 nice. Um, but yeah, getting to it, we'll kind of just, the European tour and LPGA tour held concurrent, a concurrent tournament uh, for the ISPS Handa World Invitational, um, where Daniel Graves or Gavin's Daniel Gavin's wins the the men's side, the European tour event, um, and at. 13 under shoots a nice little 65 to overtake uh geez who dropped somebody dropped pretty bad obviously um because he moved up seven spots oh no just uh jordan smith shoots four over which not good not good on a sunday um not so Daniel, Daniel Gavins gets, um, don't know much about Daniel Gavins and I didn't pay attention to it. Um, I don't think he's won much. I think this might be his first win. If, if I recall, let's see, we'll, we'll look at that and double check that. But yeah, he gets the win on the, the men's side and, Pajri, 
I'm gonna let you. <laughs> I'm gonna let you try this name. I keep butchering them, so I'm gonna leave this one to you. I got I got the first name down for you, Pajri. Pajri, Ananarukorn, Ananarukorn. Yeah, probably. Ananarukorn. Yeah, there we go. Probably. <laughs> uh, Usually, so. I'm pretty good at these, but man. I don't. So, so, some of them. Are, some of them are hard. Um, it is uh, Thai. She looks like she's from Thai. Thailand. Yeah. Thailand. I've got little to no experience in the Thai languages. Um. So yeah, that was her first victory. She shoots a final round seventy. Um to tie Emily Talley and then then win in a playoff, which has been a really constant theme. <laughs> it seems like for, for golf this year, uh, a lot of playoffs. Um, but yeah, so two yeah. first-time winners and in the concurrent LPGA uh, European Tour tournament. Played on the same course at the same time, uh, two different tournaments, so that's i'm pretty sure anyway don't like i don't want to now i'm going to look at it and i'm going to have to go back and go oh okay was this actual yep yeah they're in the same same course and i and i thought that's what what uh what it was but that's kind of a cool thing that they're doing right you play them at the same yeah. course same time I don't know how exactly they did it, but that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, totally. But, and then something that just, and I did not like pay one iota of attention to it until I found <laughs> out who won, uh, but the U.S. Women's Senior Open. Um, yes. That was pretty awesome actually just yeah crazy on that side of it so um annika swornstam wins her inaugural her u.s women's open debut yeah. and not by a little <laughs> And she went ends up winning by eight shots. Um, yeah, which is a commanding victory. Yeah, and considering she's played I mean, basically basically played in one competitive tournament in like the last what is it? When did she re when did she retire? Like, I, it was long enough. I don't even remember. Like, it's not. It's, it's not even like got to be like a decade. At yeah, least at a least decade. at least. I'm thinking 12 to 14 years. And I mean, and, and we know she's got game because she got an invite to play in an LPGA tour event just recently, like within the last month. And like first competitive round in over a decade and she makes the cut. Yeah. Like, so, um, that's, so just that's to pretty give impressive. This, yeah, just to give this, I just read an article that says it, 13 years this is the first USGA championship she's played in 13 years. 
So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, maybe she's, I mean, sure. She, you, it's hard to believe that she would like stop golf completely. So I'm sure she no. still went out and played and went out and did stuff. Well, she um, runs, so. she runs a, an academy down in, so she's not out of it, but from the looks of it, she's playing more than, and my guess is that just the type of person she was and player she was when she was playing, she yeah. didn't just go into this lighthearted, right? The, the one, oh, yeah. her, her previous tournament where she played in the LPGA event was kind of a like okay let's let's get a feel let's just get some of this back before i go to the u.s senior yeah um but my guess is she's totally. been preparing and i mean i look at it this way i mean she's in my opinion right she's possibly i mean her career was as short as it I mean, I say as short as it was, but I mean, she stopped playing 37-ish, right? At the age of 37, pretty much, right? But at that time was the greatest women's player of all time. And I don't know that anyone's overtaken her yet, but for her just to basically shut it down for the 13 years and, and like say come back and make a cut on the LPGA tour and then yeah. just to dominate I mean how could good could it she have how good could have her record been and how like just untouchable would have she have been <laughs> if she kept playing yeah she she definitely could have racked up some more wins for some reason it, it wasn't of interest to her to to be like the most winning player on the lpga tour um i mean she i think she's in third place with the most wins um behind kathy whitworth and mickey wright 88 and 82 respectively yeah. and then she's got 72 victories on the lpga so i mean for her to take a decade off of tournament golf uh, could she have accrued another you know 15 victories probably yeah i'm almost guaranteed <laughs> um yeah for, for sure but uh yeah she could have been like yeah like untouchable almost i mean but if you look at it I mean, even her final round, I mean, she beats anyone else, almost everyone else in the top 10 by, you know, no one else in the top 10 besides Karen Weiss shoots in the 60s. Yeah. And then the stroke average, because I'm looking down at it, there's only two scores in the 70s or in the 60s, two 68s. For the entire, yeah. final, entire entire final round, so yeah, she was playing some golf. Um, so that's just awesome. Hopefully, I can 
play half that good when I turn 50. Oh, that's creeping up. Well, yeah, she's she's definitely a different breed with what she's done. And that's her fourth USGA on the championship. So she has three US Opens, three women US Opens, and now a US Senior Women's Open. And heck, she might even get more of them just for yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, she'll just, she'll play in one tournament a year and it'll be this. And she'll just play all she'll this. She'll, she'll just do all the row. senior majors. <laughs> She's going to play in all the senior majors and just clean sweep them. I don't know. Totally. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And then, you know, the only other thing on the docket for the weekend this last weekend um, was the Olympics. And uh, yeah, Xander Shoffley gets the gold. Um, actually holds on because he was like his front nine. He was in, he was in command right he was he was rolling oh, yeah. um and then i mean not to say because he only i mean he shoots even on the back so it's not like he completely imploded but he didn't have the ball striking that he did on the front side you know he lost a couple got a couple up and down the bogey's a par five on the back mm-hmm. and then you know, has to make a really good par save on the final hole after yeah. missing it, you know, to the right of the bunker, having to lay up short of the, the lake, you know, hit a hit a second shot to, you know, or then makes a, f- not, not an easy downhill about five footer. Um for sure so that's well, like to break that down though like that that was clutch I, I stayed up and i watched it live and yeah the drive that, that's kind of a funky hole to look at because you think you can bend it around the corner but you really can't it's like a straight shot yeah. and like the the last group put it in the bunker um like several times and uh and he went right of that bunker and just shut himself out. And I love the fact that he just took his medicine, punched it down there to a good yardage with his wedge that he knew he was going to hit good. And I mean, tons of pressure too. Like when you're already sitting two and you're, you're, you've got to get up and down from 90 yards and, uh, and it's to win a gold medal. Like he handled that pressure so well and uh, totally impressed with that third shot to put him in that position to give him myself a really good look at it. And the putt was just dead center. So super clutch. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't say too much about it. Right. He, he has this thing, makes a nice birdie on, on 17, you know, obviously 17, they it's that shorter one where, everybody was kind of putting it up there. So you had to birdie 17. Um, but I mean, he's looking at that after he's doing that, he's, you know, and Rory Sabatini. So he's tied at that point going into 17. So he does make, 
you know, a clutch birdie to go back ahead. And then yeah. the the clutch par save, which I mean, you look at those guys chasing and yeah, Sabatini who shoots sixty one, who his scorecard is just he makes ten birdies. And then the eagle. <laughs> he shoots sixty one with two bogeys. Yeah, dude that was on fifty nine watch. Like just crazy out the gate. Um and kind of a interesting story how he gets to you know be a citizen of Slovakia you know anyway I didn't know that story because I swear he had like a South African flag against his name forever yes he did he was born in South Africa okay so tell me the story how did he become a Slovakian so his wife is Slovakian and so okay. he I guess they were saying they were talking that he wanted to grow the game in Slovakia so yeah he and I don't remember exactly. It's it's been a little bit. It's been mm, half a dozen years at least. I think that okay. he's been been a citizen. Um, and they he said it wasn't for the Olympics. Um, I mean that probably didn't hurt the case, but obviously his wife is from Slovakia, so that you know. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little little easier, um, yeah, to do that. And she was on the bag <laughs> for his win. Hey, there you go. Um, she was excited, and then they got a, yeah, you know, full lip kiss to <laughs> celebrate his sixty-one. Uh, but it was pretty cool, yeah. right? You just like he just came in. And took that, and then you had the like the craziness behind him, <laughs> like just yeah, absolute craziness. And it does look like, and I did hear this, and I did not know this, but it does look like Hideki Mats Matsuyama and Paul Casey. Because I, when it got to that, I didn't like. I was falling asleep. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I can't do it. I tried to do it, but I just, like, I couldn't. I was in and out. Um, I watched, like I said, I watched, this is how in and out I was. I was like, I watched Colin hit his drive on 18 and then woke up to watch him hit his putt on 18 and then saw that they were all going to a playoff and then, like, woke up, like, or got woke up because <laughs> I was asleep on the couch yeah. <laughs> in, the, in like the middle of the playoff and, and, and I went to bed. Um, so I don't know, but I heard that. Oh no, it just doesn't show who, who continued on. Okay. So they did play. Cause I heard that somebody said that some players didn't even like decided they opted out of the playoff. But I don't know that that's oh, really. The case. But I don't think that's the case. I think well, looking at it here, it's it doesn't show a score for Hideki and Paul Casey. But then on the next, so they must have got a five. Yeah. So then the next hole, they all they all advance, and then Sebastian Munoz gets knocked out. 
um, yeah. on the one. And then they all miss. No, because I thought it came down to like their th their their leaderboards. It's stupid. It's funky. It's yeah. Like I'm trying to read it, and I'm because I thought on the thing it said that those they went out, and I think it was Morikawa and CT Pan were in the final on the final play. Yeah. So it says. Yeah, CT Pan, Colin Morcala, Mito Pereira, Sebastian Munoz, and Roy, Roy McIlroy advance. And then, yeah. okay, so then they all did advance. And then CT Pan, Colin, yeah. And then CT Pan and Colin Morcala advanced. And then CT Pan advanced. Okay, that that makes it more. Although I mean, it's just yeah there because they actually showed. Mito's and Rory's score on the one, even though it was more, which doesn't follow suit with the rest of the the way they did it yeah. there. But that's weird. But yeah, so it came down to basically two guys who shot sixty three in that final round, which Colin Morikawa yeah. was kind of a quiet sixty three, considering you know, what was going on in the group. Uh, yeah. The couple, the group probably like right ahead of him, I think it was. Because um, if you look at those two, two, two groups, I mean, he goes four, seven. So he has six birdies and an eagle. Uh, CT pandas. So you basically have 16 birdies and two eagles <laughs> in that group because they played together, him and, <laughs> him and Sabatini. Uh, uh, they're feeding off each other for sure. Um, let's let, let's just let's just take a look at this. Now I'm now I'm interested. Um, how they go? So they're one under, two under, three under. Oh wait, I got to put them both back there. Never mind, just. Yeah, so one under, two under, three under, four under, six under, seven under. So they shot seven under on the front as a best ball. And then they go eight under, nine under, 10 under, 12 under. Yeah, they go 14 under on a best ball. <laughs> That's solid. Yeah. That's solid. Uh, yeah, they're winning they're winning that best ball. <laughs> no question. Fourteen. Holy cow. Yeah. Just just nuts. That gets me excited for the Ryder Cup. Uh, is he gonna be well? I don't know that it gets you because neither of those two guys are on the Ryder Cup team. Well, Just, Colin Morikawa? Colin Morikawa is. And Rory McIlroy yeah. is. Xander is, obviously. Um, yeah. But I was, just think the format, though, getting the best player in there, that would be fun. 
yeah, getting getting the best ball, which I actually think they should think about adding a team event to the golf for the Olympics. Well, yeah, I mean, let's kind of dig into this here. Um, in, in a lot of other these these interesting sports involved in in the Olympics, some of them. There, there are teams, and then those teams win medals. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, Xander and his caddy both worked to to win this. And and I think it's a fair thing to say that a player may not perform as well as they do if they don't have the caddy that they have. I think it's a very important relationship to have. So I, I understand they're very different functions, but you know. They both need to finish together. <laughs> and so does the caddy deserve a medal? That gets into, because then who's that met? Because not all the caddies are from said country that the player they are caddying for is from. Is, is one. Um, but then do you give, does a coach for somebody get an Olympic medal? They're there with them. Well, they, they are there, but they're not on the court swinging a tennis racket. And granted, the caddy's not, but they are right they're, there, like in the decision process. They are, they are part, of, part of it. Um, I don't know. That one's a tough one. <laughs> They're getting, uh, I guarantee, well, for one, obviously they're getting, they're not paying for a darn thing over there. <laughs> no. So they're getting whatever they get. I don't know. It's, it's interesting to, to see. And I will say because a lot of these some of them didn't um stay in the olympic village but some of them did um which draws another point right the whole u.s basketball team didn't stay in the olympic village they stayed off <laughs> i'm like come on guys um but like because i think i don't know if all of the U.S. players stayed, and if they didn't, right, they probably should have. Because that's if that's what you're going there for, you should probably try to get that experience. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. It's a it's a valid question because you're right. They're definitely part of the the yeah. team. I don't know. It it's it. it yeah, they don't swing anything, sure. They're not the one putting. They're not the athlete, so to speak. But, like, I mean, nothing against hockey by any means, but there are different players on that field or the, the rink, and some of them are amazing sprinters and fast skaters because they've got to go and attack and score. And some of them are just amazing at blocking pucks two completely different functions, a goalie and, and an attacker. So it's like, what, 
they're on the team though. So that, I, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting circumstance. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely nuts for sure. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know. I would say no, but just as a gut reaction. Um, yeah. Just because it kind of goes along with everything else, right? They don't, they they were considered, and it'll be the same, right? He will, Xander's caddy was on the bag for, right? In his, in his resume, he was on the bag for yeah. Xander for the Olympics. He was on the bag for Xander for this win, that win, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, getting yeah. credit, but right, living in, yeah, living, it, in the, living in the shadows, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I I kind of want to say yes. I I always feel like caddies don't get enough credit, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, they. Yeah, there are some that definitely the good ones probably don't get as much credit as as they deserve. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I will say I think there were some outstanding performances there. Um, really impressed to see Rory McIlroy competing, and I think one thing that was unique about him was the putter switch that he had. He went back to a Scotty Cameron 009 putter. So, um, and he actually putted pretty well, considering. Yeah, let's pull up his stroke skating stats. We didn't. First round, he wasn't great. He was lost a half a shot. Uh, but then he was uh, just over a shot for the next two rounds and then almost two shots stroke gained in in round four. But like I said, a lot of yeah. these guys, I think they, and he said it and you, you mentioned that his quote is that he's never played so hard for third place in his life. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think you had a lot of these guys. I mean, you saw some of these guys are like, all right, I just have to get it to this point. Yeah. Right, so, so you had a couple of guys just come out, just absolutely firing um, to get it, you know, to to what they got it to, and and obviously the scores showed it was it was a course there that could be had, um, right? Yeah. They there was there was some scores to be shot because I think we decided it was just oh, over, sure. scoring average. It was just over six, 68. Um, yeah. And with some of those guys in the back end that right there, which Spain needs to step up their game because who did they end up replacing John Rom with, which is another, I'm not even 
touching that whole oh my gosh debacle um <laughs> or yeah that's we're just gonna yeah that's skip skip but it had to have been jorge right jorge, jorge campillo which yeah you would think that there would be two other golfers from spain that would be better than Audrey Arnas and Jorge Campillo. Um, well, and why couldn't Sergio do it, right? Obviously, he's below those other two guys as far as ranking. Um, really? Which like, no, maybe like maybe he opted out. Pick? Maybe yeah, maybe, he maybe he just opted out. Um, but I don't. Yeah, looking at that, I mean, you've got. There wasn't really any, like you said, maybe Mark Leishman from Australia uh, ending up at 51st and Mackenzie Hughes, who are both pretty solid players on the PGA Tour, um, in, coming in yeah. 50th. And then the one we, we, we did a little, little pregame chat about, Carlos Ortiz, who shoots 78 in the final round, giving oh. up almost, you know, 10 shots to the field, basically um, drops 39 spots yeah. um, in that. Right? There wasn't anybody, the guys who were good players kind of started kind of, you know, rose to the top in that. Yeah. Guys into the top of that mix. Um but yeah, I'm trying to to think. Um, yeah, nothing really. There's a couple, like Scott Vincent from Zimbabwe, kind of creeping up there and getting in, in at eleven under. You know, some a guy that I've never really heard heard of. Uh, but everybody else in that uh, top. I mean, you've heard of CT Pan. Mito Pereira is a lesser known name that ended up in that playoff as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. With that, and then yeah, I thought I thought performances were pretty good. I I guess I would say that Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed were probably like a B. You know, I feel like they they could have performed a little bit better, but they just had slow starts. B to B minus because for Thomas, like his his first round, like. 18 pars when he hit I mean he only he did he did he did only hit 11 greens in regulation so his scrambling scrambling was obviously 100% um it's really kind of crazy because he like his strokes game putting he gave up almost two shots he was he was over four shots better strokes gained from round two to round one, but he missed wow. so many shots because <laughs> yeah. he was really he. I mean, he, he hit two that were inside five feet that he missed, like and didn't even come close. Yeah, and then he well, his... gets up and down on eighteen from basically the same spot that 
Xander yeah. on the last day. So you're just like, that's just dumb. Um, yeah, his his putting really was what hurt him throughout the I mean, his total strokes gain was 0. 0.039 or basically no, 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 no strokes gained on the field. Yeah. That's what that equated to. Yeah. And then I was going to see what, uh, where, I mean, and then on, in the contrary, you've got Patrick Creed, who total strokes gained for the week was 4.2. Uh, yeah. But lost a ton of shots and approaches, but he didn't like get the last last minute call uh, to go over there. Yeah, I think he got over there on on Monday or Tuesday. So give him a yeah, little. and he putted well. He did putt well. Yeah, he putted real well. Four point two strokes gained for the for the yeah. week. Um, but I don't know if you heard this. This is off off topic because they talked about it a ton. Um, but Cam Smith, him and his mullet, with yeah. Uh, yeah. Oz, Ozzy um, shaved in the side. Uh, but yep. I actually read an article about his barber's name. Tell me you heard the same thing. I bet you cannot get into this barber's name. Um, so his I'm bar- guessing it's mullet. No, his his, <laughs> his barber's name is Lee Trevino. <laughs> and uh, that's gold. And knows he was named after Lee Trevino. His dad was a big golf fan. Their last name was Trevino. He is actually named after Lee Trevino. Uh, but yeah, so they talked about it. So that, yeah, Cam Smith's barber, who is responsible for that dead animal that's on his head right now, is uh, <laughs> named Lee Trevino. But I will give Cam credit. He totally just owns it that and his kind of you know prepubescent mustache that he has going with facial hair that he has going oh my gosh it's It's, so dirty it's it's, uh he owns the entire look um but yeah he top 10 solid 71 67 66 66 um yeah to get it done but it was it it was a funny article to read that. Oh, I'm sure. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be good to see these guys back in action on the tour for the finale of the season. Yeah, but as always, I was kind of watching them play this course. What were your thoughts on the course before I give my thoughts on the course? They might mirror well, I felt like it was in good condition. I mean, like, I didn't feel like it was entirely challenging for them. Um, you know, I, it's kind of hard because the whole selection process of the best of the country 
they come to it, like you really feel like you're watching the best runners and the best athletes or whatever sport. Uh, but when it came to golf, like it, it was weird. It's like, are these the best? But it, it didn't feel like that um, just from the field perspective. And so when you see the course even get blitzed by a field that I personally don't consider very strong, right. um, that just tells you that the course just didn't play and like the average score is like 68 or 69 so i kind of call that par for the pros and so if if the strokes game doesn't match up with the strokes under par then i feel like the the par itself was pretty weak and so for instance xander shoffley wins at 18 under but his strokes gained was actually 10.3 right so par for the course was basically eight under Right. Yeah. Over four and, days. So yeah, you shoot over, two on there. Yeah. Sixty nine. On there. And um yeah, for me it just seemed really like it was like I was watching a a tournament here, you know, on a Parkland golf course. And they did get some rain before the first round. And it drained really well and they, they kept it really good when you got into the rough there was some spots in the rough where if you got into it you you could get in some trouble for yeah. sure but for the most part i mean they're just throwing darts right the course was soft not particularly hard um and just seemed kind of blah to me as far as a and overall layout. Um, but yeah, it was like I was just watching like a, a John Deere classic or something. I mean, I don't even yeah. remember what course that's played on, but it's not to, to slight that because I actually think John Deere's played on it. No, I think John Deere's played on just kind of a okay course or but yeah. um it was it was kind of that for me where it was just like nothing really exciting. Um, I did see, and I can't, like I said, I wish I would have saved it, but they had some pictures from the kind of the original design of of the, I'm not going to do it again. I'm just skipping names of the course that they played. Um, and it looked better. Um, I think sometimes when these designers come in and redesign it, they feel like they have to get everything so clean in their design, right? Because the, the original design, there was no there was no lake on on eighteen, which it looked it still. Obviously, they could have pushed it back to the same structure was there, but they added the lake. But some of the bunkering was just more. I I want to say natural, but more kind of rugged and not so just clean lined if that makes sense right they don't you don't have to make everything look super crisp in my opinion to mm -hmm. to make it a great course and i think they a lot of the times designers or when they come in and redesign or renovate a golf course they'll they'll get it to the point where like oh we need to make everything so crisp and clean and and tight 
when you don't necessarily have to have that. And so that was kind of my take is that it looked like 90% of the golf courses that the PGA tour plays on a week in week out basis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it checked a lot of boxes, but it just didn't add up to me. Like, okay. It's 74, just under 7,500 yards. That's a long course, especially the par 71. So you're, you're trying to make it difficult, but I didn't watch enough to really see where the course's weak spot was. But again, like 18 under for Xander, you know, he if he had his, his A game on the back nine, probably should have shot another three under or something. He would have been 20. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, you know, these guys, like when they're really, really hot and they're playing amazing, like you know, they, they could have gone a little bit deeper, but you see some of them not play that well and they're still like in the hunt. Right. So right. it's like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and just to say it again, like, can they just not have Paul Azinger be <laughs> a commentator ever again? <laughs> he may be the worst that I've ever heard in my life. Um, I don't know how many times he, he called Paul Casey's Popeye arms. Um, <laughs> but just that in his comments, I'm like, you played professional golf for a living. And sometimes I don't know that you know what the hell you're talking about. Um, it's, it's irritating. I mean, to be, to be yeah. truthful, it's, it's irritating. Um, and when they came on and Faraday took over for the last half, I was like, oh, now I don't have to listen to him anymore. Um, uh, definitely had the B team on in the first half and brought on yeah. the replacements. Well, I didn't think Azinger was a good match for NBC. I mean... He, obviously, he had some big shoes to fill with with Johnny Miller, but like you, it's hard to find the guy that's got several majors under his belt, a Hall of Fame career that really knows the game, and is is going to be a great announcer. And I know he doesn't check any of those boxes. So <laughs> uh, that that is that is for sure. Um, but I'll let you run through kind of. Xander's what's in the bag um, and kind of yeah. your, your takes off of. Well, yeah. So here's some quick highlights. Before I jump into Xander, I do want to say that Annika won the senior women's um, open with uh, Rossi. So that's two majors for Rossi's um, this year. Was it old the old school? school? Was it the old school, the original? Uh, or was it the new one? It, it was not original. It was a, the new white hot OG model. Okay. Um, and it was a double bend neck, but still pretty cool to have one putter uh, model win two um, USGA championships in a year. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back on to Xander. So, I mean, he's obviously almost Callaway through the entire bag with the exception of two wedges, a... Um, He's got two Vokies in there, a 57 degree and a 61 degree Vokie. Um, but uh, 
you know, he's got quite a few things um, that actually you can't get. Um, I think you can start to get triple diamond. Are you guys getting triple diamond stuff in the shop? Uh, no, they offer it to us every once in a while, but it's yeah. like a end of the season. They're like, Hey, we have the, some of these available. Uh, Does anybody want it? But yeah. my get, and we haven't asked, right? I mean, we haven't yeah. asked cause there hasn't been that if I had my own account and I was like doing some specialty stuff there i might be like hey can we get can i get yeah you know the double the double diamond the triple diamond the single diamond you know can you get some of those um yeah there's just yeah things that that we could you could do with that but it's not a huge demand unless you're a, a a club geek or you're like i need yeah or release you know tour only mm-hmm. release stuff so well and and their retail offering has a pretty good um you know pretty good lineup so yeah, i don't think you're missing much i think triple diamonds are really just there to help tour players um just pinpoint exactly yeah. what they're looking for and that seems to be the case um before in the past triple diamonds used to be low spin models and now they're actually more spin models um, I mean, they're still moderately or, or to low spin, but they are not as low spin as like the Sub-Zero Maverick from last year, which was just a low spin beast. So, um, yes, a lot of the players have been playing Triple Diamond stuff. Yeah, they, they've been playing the Triple Diamond, which actually uh, is a little bit more, but they do have, because they had the Maverick, they had the Single Diamond um, last year, which was the smaller head lower spin um, um, version of, of the Maverick. So, I mean, they do still have the lower spin ones, but any more of these guys, and we've, we've talked about it uh, more than once that these guys are going with something even maybe higher loft or a higher spinning head, yeah. but then they're kind of balancing that with, uh, like his, he's got the Tori D BB7X shaft, right? So he's got he's got mm-hmm. a lower spinning, heavier shaft to try to knock that down, right? And it's tipped. Um, so. Yeah. So. And and for the tour players, and I think we've mentioned this before. I mean, you you're playing on rolled and baked fairways, and so. I wish I knew the average role <laughs> um, after impact on drives, but there are some guys out there that are only carrying it like 280, but guess what? They're hitting 310, 320 yard drives. They're rolling out for a long time. It would be, it would be so, interesting. And I actually saw, and, and whether it's true or not, but I was like, and it was an Instagram post from, from a guy that was, it showed the carries for each of the, the average carries. And the driver said it was 275, yeah. 275 carry average. And he's like, I don't think I've ever seen on TV where they carried it less than 280 yards. So he's like, I don't know how they get that average. I'm like, for one, you're an idiot. Cause that's an average for the entire 
yeah pga tour which you don't see a lot of the guys they're not a lot of the times they're not showing the guys who are only carrying it 260 um and mm-hmm. you know so they just but I, it may have went up and that may be the stats that he got or maybe a couple of years old where it may be closer to 280 or just over 280 now yeah. for their carry but you're right they're getting the 320 right and you watch them and they, they carry it around 270 to 280 but oh, then yeah. you look at their thing and they're 305 310 it's like i mm-hmm. i would love that <laughs> can you get me that <laughs> kind of stuff at my local <laughs> local club right <laughs> yeah well, and, and the point of that is, is they're optimizing their um, equipment, not just for them, but they're optimizing it for the courses they play. And so when you do have hard fairways, you know, you're going to get that 20 to 40 yards of roll, depending, you can actually play drivers with a little bit more spin. You yeah. don't have to have these low spin, perfectly optimized type of drives. And, and some of those tour players like to see around 2,500 20 even 2600 rpms on their driver because yeah they know they're going to hit more fairways and they're going to get that roll so it's yeah. like it's a it's a unique balance and and i think the the theme in xander's bag is more spin and so as we as we jump into um you know another thing that's pretty interesting here's a guy who has a seven wood and it is yeah. bent a little bit strong um so it's 18.8 but that he was fit into these fairway woods that he had because the other ones were just going too far. He needed them to hit numbers rather than to be optimized for maximum distance. So he dropped the five wood, went with a seven wood. It provided more spin and he could drop the numbers in where he wanted them. And so yeah. his bag has steadily been customized this year to bring the yardages back instead of uh, pushing them out for, right. for max. So um yeah that's pretty cool i mean every club has a job and it's got to do that job effectively so it's like you know what good is a three wood that flies you know 280 290 but has an angle of descent of like 20 degrees you're never going to hit a par five with that three right. wood. yeah you know? it's it's for sure that um but then this brings i mean the kind of xander's performance and people have been talking about it well, they only needed that one tournament to break through. And then, you know, and then he's, I don't know, like, I just don't know that the Olympics is that, is, is that tournament. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but well, there are a lot of people saying that I, I think this would break through. Well, I mean, let's, let's be real. Like how strong was this field? You didn't have John Rom. You didn't have Dustin Johnson. You didn't have Jordan Spieth. You didn't. I mean, there's a host of amazing players that compete day in and day out, and they're in that top ten area, mm-hmm. and they were not here. So right. the strength of field was mediocre at best, with a couple marquee names. Right? It's kind of like a, a Dubai Desert Classic, where a couple of A-listers got bought in. So, um, yeah. I think the only thing he is going to get, I mean, a W is a W. Can't take that away from him. And he was competing against some decent players down the stretch, guys who he constantly sees on tour. 
and and he didn't buckle under pressure in 18. So, I mean, it's not like a no no gain situation. I think there's things that he learned and confidence that he's built, but it's not like he was made a clutch par at the Players Championship, right? So, right. Um, that I think there were still nerves, and he dialed it in the way he needed to. But yeah, I, I don't see this as the victory that springboards him into the top 10 slash winning multiple tournaments, getting, you know, double digit victories. Um, so that, that's kind of what I see. I, it was kind of like a John Deere or maybe a, you know, a Safeway open victory. It's like, it wasn't that it wasn't winning Mirrorfield or, or the <laughs> players or the, the tour championship by any means. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know. I quite put it on, you know, the safe way, but <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. It's it's definitely wasn't a win that I'd be like, oh, this is going to propel him to now he's going to win majors and like people are turning in it turning it into that and. Like, oh, this like, was no major. Yeah. This is this is not like, right? This is not like the track and field where this is their major, right? Track and field, you got the guys yeah. are in the in the hundred, you got the world championships and the Olympics, or the your two two big races. You basically get the world championships every year, and you get the Olympics once every four years, right? But these these guys obviously they're not competing against you. We just name you just named three, four players that are in that top elite bracket that didn't yeah. even get to compete or that didn't compete. Right. You, when you're running the hundred meter dash or, you know, competing in these other sports, you're playing against the best in the world that, right that's the best group of players in the world. The field in the oh, yeah. for golf isn't. So. No, no, it, it really isn't. It's weird, you know, and we were kind of talking about that. Like you, you can max out at four players from your country and that's it. But like, I mean, let's, and we were even joking, like how can we gain citizenship in another country <laughs> and get in, right? Like, um, but I mean, let, let's look at the top 10 here. John Rahm, number one, not in it. Dustin Johnson, number two, not in it. Colin, three, he was in it. Xander, he was in it. Um, and then Justin Thomas was there. Brooks Kepka, nope. Mm-hmm. Bryson DeChambeau, nope. Nope. And then, and then these other guys, they, you know, Louie wasn't there. Right. But you know, and then Patrick Cantley, number nine, he wasn't there. And then Victor Hovland was. So it's like, did you just round out? You had five. Depth of field, like. You had five of the top 10 in the world. Not competing. Yeah. Yeah. And and not just the five, like number one and number Number two. two. Yeah. (laughs) How many of the top? Yeah. And then. Because who's five? What was that? 
Oh, number five is Justin Thomas. Okay, so the next three we're in. Yeah. Yeah, it's... next three. And then Brooks, December six, was out. And Bryson, number seven, was out. Yeah. And then Patrick Cantlay, number nine, was out. And then Jordan Spieth, number 11, was out. You know, no Harris English. Uh, English. And then Patrick Reed came in. No Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, Scotty Shuffler, Tony Finau. You know, <laughs> all these guys that are in the top 20, they were just fantastic names that hover around the leaderboard, giving people a challenge, and they're not even there. Like, yeah, I mean, so it, 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 I wish it could be like the best of the best tournament and kind of be seen as a major, but the format just cannot do it because they yeah. need to have an equal balance of countries or whatever. But in this scenario, you can't. Like, you just can't. No. You can't like you have to do everybody. And that's why the majors are always going to trump the Olympics. Like it's just a depth of field problems. And it's, I don't remember why, like uh, why did Dustin Johnson and Brooks or did they not? Because obviously Dustin Johnson would have qualified. And he opted out. Yeah, he opted out. Brooks, I can tell you right now, it's not a major, so he wasn't interested. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're, he's like, we're, but, we're just not going to do this one, guys. We're out. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, there no money involved? Okay, I'm out. <laughs> well, there so, it was, but it was like thirty-seven thousand. Uh, I mean, obviously, you get yeah, some things take care of, but yeah, I think it was thirty-seven. I mean, and look at the or something. Yeah, in the field itself. I mean, they had sixty players total, like in a PGA Tour event. Um, typically, they're in like the one thirty to one forty range. So yeah, it's like 50. I think they're 150 you know, now. 150. Yeah. yeah. And and you're not even getting like to make obviously it's gonna be tough to, to do it, but like a true Olympic gold medal major victory would be like take the world golf ranking top 100 and then do a tournament. That's that's how you find out who the best in the world is, right? Yeah. And then if you want every country to represent it, you fill out the field with, okay, all these other countries, you get one. <laughs> you get one. Yeah. I, I mean, there is a variety of countries there. There's a lot of Americans, obviously, in the top 100. I'd probably say a little bit less than half, right? Right. But there's Spaniards and Mexicans and Italians and and uh irish and french and norwegian or danish yeah, Australian. i mean there's a yeah, pretty there's a good lot. mix there is a pretty good mix but it's not like you would um yeah yeah but it's it, it's the whole point like well it's not fair because they have 45 percent of the field is their country so they have a better chance of winning a medal and it's like well well, it's it, it's not fair to have some guy that's ranked 453rd in the world golf ranking from 
who knows, India or, or wherever, whatever country representing them and not even like sniffing the, the, the challenge. Right. So it was, yeah, it was that and you're right. And it's like, it's just like running. I watched the, the, it's a replay obviously, but of the women's, I think it was the women's 400, uh, meter hurdles and there's a field of eight in the finals and three of them are us i mean Mm -hmm. they're going to get there right and yeah there's probably still some runners from the u.s and some other countries that 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 are in there that may have some, you know, some athletes that are left off because they're fourth, right? They're the fourth best 40, yeah. 40 meter, you know, hurdle runner, but they would beat some, I don't, I don't know. It's, but at least it's not like, okay, you're taking, you're still getting the best, roughly the best 25 runners, track and field field athletes in that. Yeah. In that, you know, in that event to the thing. And then you get the best eight that end up running in the finals. So. Totally. Like, and yeah. it's just an imbalanced way to go about it. And if you really want to make it an Olympic golf event, you need to make it a team event, right? So it doesn't show that you're the best golfer in the world, but you're the best team that year, right? Right. And I think that would be better. And then whether it turns out to be DJ and Colin Morikawa, or whatever um, for the American team, or maybe somebody in the top 10, that's fine. You can fit all the other countries in and even get more variety in that. And it's a specific golf event. Maybe it's best ball or or whatever. I think that's an even better um, scenario than than trying to do an individual golf uh, medal. You know? Yeah. I don't know. There's not, there's not going to be a perfect way to do that for sure. Cause especially if you're limiting the field to 60 players. And yeah, the the, the limiting there is one issue Two, I mean, I'll be real. Probably everybody that competed in the Olympics is going to trash me on the golf course. Right. So they're all good players, but at the same time, like, who who's Gavin Green? Who's Jorge Campillo? And and who is Juvek Pagansun? You know, like huh, why are these guys in the field and not Jordan Spieth and not um, you know Sergio Garcia even or or whatever? Right? There's right. people that are amazing golfers that would be a true test. Um, so yeah. Yeah. 
definitely lacking and it's like i said that's why there's not a ton of excitement around it i talked to one of my employees and he's like he's like i had no desire whatsoever to watch the olympics no so then it wasn't like i watched but it like, and I'm like okay i want to see if shoffley can can pull it off and there was a lot of the bigger names up towards the top so you could like okay uh -huh. let's see what goes on um so it yeah, is what it I, is. I would immediately I, I would switch it one way i would say get the four best players from each country and you play a four-man best ball like something that's never been done before and they're all in one foursome and you watch them go out and just have a blast as Birdies. a team sport right Oh, oh birdies, birdies, birdies. So that would be cool. Like, oh, what'd you get? Oh, our best ball team score was, you know, 18 under or something. It'd be like, holy cow, you guys ripped it up. Um, so that would be pretty darn cool to see. And I'd feel like, hey, that's a, it's a different way to look at golf. It's still a competitive thing amongst teams. Doesn't mean that the U.S. could win it. Um, anybody could get hot and have a an amazing best ball scenario so yeah i i'd enjoy that yeah that'd be fun that'd be fun to watch um for sure um but yeah next week you do have a i think there's a, a it's not a fedex cup a, a world golf event isn't there coming up this next week but we'll do it i haven't looked it's like uh man pull it up here now i'm just totally yeah it's w wgc fedex st jude so there we go and the uh barracuda championship don't forget the barracuda oh i forgot the barracuda <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it'll give would. it'll give it'll give some somebody a chance to win that uh, will secure their card for. I think they only get if they win an off uh, an opposite field event. Don't they only get two years? And if you win a like a bigger event, you get three or something. I don't know. I I don't know, but I think a W is a W, but you still don't get as much money. And uh, you don't get as many FedEx points, I don't think, and all that jazz. But yeah, um, yeah, World Golf Championship that should be exciting. That will be a strong field. That will be a very dynamic tournament. I can guarantee it. Yeah, it'll be interesting because you're going to have um, guys coming over that may be a little, a little tired. Um, coming back from the Olympics. Um, let's see if any of those yet. So Xander's in the field. Justin Thomas is in the field. Rory's in the field. Victor's in the field. Colin's in the field. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm guaranteeing you about 10, 10 to 12 people that were in the Olympics will be in the World Golf Championship field, the, the strongest field in that yeah. time. So it'll be a. <laughs> It, uh, it'll be yeah it'll be a fun one to watch um but then you've got the women's individual um coming up on the same course yeah. 
So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. Um, Cause they, like you said, they're really bad about giving you really any um, information on like the course itself. I don't know what they're going to play it out. You said they played the it at 74 for the men. My guess is it'll be around probably 67 for the women. I what? No, well, no, no, much less actually. Um, I think it's going to be less than if 67. If you click into the name and just go to stroke or scorecard, it's oh. actually measuring out to 6,079. Oh, yeah, they're going way. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have. They've got one par four over 400 yards on the front. And one, and on, the back. one on the back. Nope. No, none on the back. Nope. Nope. None on the Eight, back. 18 so. stretches to 399. So yeah. it's actually a 500 yard hole, but they're carving off 101 yards for them. So yeah. There you go. So, and the thing that I don't get is because. I mean, that's not, I don't know if that ends up being like equal to the, the difference, 1400 yards. Yeah. I, I don't think it will. Um, I think the course might even play easier. Um, so, I mean, look at look at some of these par fours. Okay, 380, 390, but then there's 348, 320, 284, like uh, several, several very short par fours. Um, and part, you know, 18 should have been a par five. And I'm probably right in guessing that 18 was designed to be a par five, like a friendly one that you could you know, have yeah. a good score on your last hole. Possibly. But um, they decided to keep it a par four and bump it up by 100 yards. So um, it would have been cool if they kept it as a par five. That would have made that finish way more dynamic, but it, yeah. it is. So, I mean, if you're looking at it, you're basically, I don't know, 82. So it's basically 82% of the length ish of the men's yeah i mean is that equal to the difference because they are women 20 percent shorter yes i guess maybe uh, maybe maybe it is maybe it, it might be it might be closer than than i originally thought i was thinking it was a little short um for there, but I would have to look at averages when you when you go there to see if it was. But um, yeah, know. it's pretty close actually. Yeah, I mean, a rough estimate if if the average drive on the PGA Tour is around three hundred yards minus twenty percent, we'd put you at two hundred and forty yards. Two hundred forty. So you could. Um, yeah, and, it's probably. And I think the average LPGA is like around two fifty ish. So that's, that's um, maybe it's pretty close. So it's it's pretty close. It'd be a good test. 
Um, so he's your pick. I mean, we've seen the course. If it stays as soft as it is, it is. I mean. Oh, wow. You know what? Nellie's been hot. I mean, she's so good. And I think the longer players are just going to destroy this course. I mean, between the two U.S. girls, like, those aren't a, it were either quarter, both quarters are in the field with yep. Danielle King and Lexi Thompson. So it's like, man, I am going to pick the United States to win the gold and I'm going to, I'm going to hedge my bet and say Corda. I'm not going to tell you which one. I'm just going to say Corda. <laughs> no, no, you have to specify it. Yeah. <laughs> just give us the first initial. Just give us the first initial. You don't have to say the whole name. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm actually going to go, I mean, I'm going to go with the U.S. player as well, just because that's who I want to see win. Um, I'm going to go with Danielle King. There you go. So we'll see how good we are. Um, I don't think the, uh, I, the home team's best hope is I think uh, Nasa Hatoka. She's probably been the best player. So, yeah. But who knows? We will. See. We will see. Yeah, I'll take Nelly. I'll put my money on Nelly. <laughs> oh. We, we shall see. So you're going Nelly. I'm going Daniel King. And, uh, you know, I would not even be surprised to see uh, a podium sweep because um, it does suit their Ooh. game very well. Um, That's a bold call out, but I like it. But I don't know. It's. I mean, it, if we're being realistic, like the biggest challenge on the LPGA tour are um, I, I think a large portion that are highly competitive are Koreans, right? Yeah. Is Correct. that a fair assessment? Yes. So you, you limit the field of Koreans entering into it. And now you, now you kind of opened it up for the USA players to take advantage. So, I mean, yeah, the, yes, the four Korean-born players um, are obviously are good, <laughs> really good. Oh, yeah. Um, They're fantastic. So, but you're right. It, it's the same thing, right? You're taking out some of that competition um, yeah. from both sides of it. You're taking out um, some U.S. players some Korean players um, and some of the, there's a couple of other countries that are pretty strongly represented that you, you'd have, you know, three to five players that would yep. be, be competitive um, on that. So I don't know. We, yeah, I, I think see. you could easily say with, with surety the gold medal will go to a, uh, a South Korean or an American, like 
this is how it's going to go. So oh, sure. All right. Well, I think that's it. Unless you've got any grand words of wisdom um, no. going into the week. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say, as always, it's getting a little later in the year. So uh, second day in August, third day in August when this, <laughs> when you guys hear this. Um, mm-hmm. But just go take advantage of as much golf as you can. Get out and play. Thanks for listening to this episode of Birdies and Bogies. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and until next time, have a great week.